0: Grace, mercy, and peace are yours, from God our Father, through our risen and living Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon this morning is based on the gospel that we heard from John chapter 19 earlier this morning. And I want to ask, what do you think it is the disciples did wrong? Did they really do anything wrong? I mean, think about it. Are not their actions warranted based on the situations? The disciples were hid in a locked room in fear of the Jewish leaders. The Jewish leaders had already threatened anyone in the synagogue, threatened to kick them out if they were followers of Jesus. And they killed the master. Why would they not kill the servants along after that? Thomas, he doubted, but does it really make a lot of sense for a dead body to just rise from the grave one day? And amidst all of this chaos that was going on, and amidst all of this fear that was happening amidst the disciples, somebody had to remain level-headed. Someone had to be the calm one to keep everything sane. Why why not Thomas? Thomas was willing to take that role. Were not all these actions warranted? What is it that the disciples did wrong? They based everything on their circumstances, which were real. Well, we see when Jesus shows up what is wrong. He shows up that evening. It's still Easter. It's the first Easter evening. And he appears to them in this locked room out of nowhere. And the first thing he does is speak to them and he says, Peace be with you. And to further that statement, he shows them his hands and his side and shows them the holes in his hands where the nails were and the side where the spear was pierced through him. Jesus gave them proof of his resurrection. This was not some ghost. This was not an apparition or a vision. This was a physical body of Jesus Christ standing before them. This is proof of his message. Peace be with you. And all of a sudden, we see the disciples' demeanor and attitude change. They, they go from fear to being overjoyed at seeing Jesus standing around them. You see, when Jesus was no more, at least in their eyes anyway, everything seemed to fall apart for them. The, the circumstances surrounding them were nothing but dismal and hopeless. But Jesus changed all of that when he appeared. When he said, peace be with you. And when he showed himself to be the resurrected Messiah, just as he had promised. So what exactly is it that the disciples did wrong? If they were basing all of their actions on real circumstances around them. They took their eye off of Jesus. When things appeared to be hopeless and falling down everywhere else you see they saw all the circumstances that they were in and everything going on around them and they used their reason to think that this was it they, they let their reason lead them to believe that they should be afraid and that's ultimately they were going to stick in what is really unbelief but it made sense they, they didn't know where Jesus was Some of the women had come back and said they saw an angel. Mary Magdalene had seen Jesus. Peter and John, they saw an empty tomb. But they still didn't quite connect the dots about the risen Messiah and this empty tomb. This was sensible in any human mind to do what the disciples did. The problem is is that everything about Jesus' resurrection goes against reason. Everything he did goes against reason. He came down to save sinners as a holy and righteous God. The holy almighty God came down as a human baby in a barn. He came to fight not with sword or shield, but by dying on a cross. And then to cap it off, the rising from the dead. Nobody just rises from the dead. No one had ever seen that before. We've never seen it since Jesus' time. Everything about Jesus and what he did was illogical. And the problem is, is our reason, which is a wonderful gift from God, we use it to challenge, to think, uh, to invent, and to uh, learn and to discover. It's a wonderful gift. But even that reason which God has given us, we have flawed with our sin. And so just like everything else associated with our sin, it focuses on everything but Christ. It looks at everything around us except for Christ. It's scary how Satan can take even that gift from God and use it against us. By getting us to see problems and getting us to use that reason to come to conclusions that Christ never came to for us. You know, we look around and we see that other people are doing much better, that other people are more talented and that they have more. And reason tells us that God must love them more, that God must care about them more and care about me less. We see the chaos happening in the world. We constantly see wars going on every single day. We see a political divide in this country almost getting worse in the last few years to the point of even physical abuse we see the Middle East always unrest. We see COVID-19 running across the globe. And obviously reason says God must not be in control like he says he is. God obviously cannot control everything for our good like he says. Our reason looks into our hearts. And when our hearts feel heavy and laden with guilt and sorrow over sin... Reason says we feel that way and therefore God must be angry and that we should be afraid of God without hope. Reason thinks about trial over and over again and wonders why God would possibly do this other than wanting to punish us, other than wanting to teach us a lesson and to bring us to our knees. Not out of love, but out of spite, because a loving God wouldn't bring trial after trial upon his own people. That is flawed human reason. It's a two-faced beast. It's a gift from God, and yet it gets us to follow Satan's ideology as well. Luther had a problem with reason, because that's the, Luther couldn't understand the righteousness of God through faith for you by Jesus Christ because of reason. And Luther spoke not very well of reason a lot of times. You know, Luther said this about reason, the greatest it's the greatest enemy that faith has. It never comes to the aid of spiritual things, but more frequently than not, struggles against the divine word. Treating with contempt all that emanates from God. He also said reason must be diluted, blinded, and destroyed. Faith must trample underfoot all reason, sense, and understanding. And whatever it sees must be put out of sight, and know nothing but the word of God. That's the important part. Reason must be set aside and know nothing but the word of God. We, we don't rely on reason alone as Christians. It's a, it's a gift and a supplement to faith. We use it even in uh, doctrinal things when it comes to the Bible. But faith doesn't depend on feelings and sense. No. We can't use what is in our mind logical to believe in what is the illogical. That is God's wisdom, which the world calls quote-unquote foolishness. We don't believe because it makes sense in our minds. Instead, John points us where to look. So that we look for real answers and real peace. He points us to the word that is the power of God for salvation of all who believes. He says this in our last couple of verses this morning. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples. Which are not recorded in this book. But these words are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. The Son of God. And that by believing you may have life In his name. You see, if you're looking for peace and comfort and strength anywhere outside of the scriptures about Jesus, you're not going to find it. You can't look for peace where proof for peace can't be found. John points us and said to the scriptures about Jesus Christ, where proof does exist. Because there you find peace. There you find love. Jesus tells it to his disciples when he says, peace be with you, or even peace is yours. He shows it to them in his hands and his side to let them know that this peace has been finished and this is real. You have to understand how much love there is behind this because Jesus didn't have to show them any of it. I mean, he gave them time after time Words of how he would die and rise again. The women saw the empty tomb and told the disciples. Peter and John saw the empty tomb, and they could have told the disciples. And they should have then and there believed in Jesus' word and God's word about all of this. But even in the midst of doubt and fear, Jesus wanted them to know proof of peace, and so he appears to them. He wanted you to know proof of peace. Of peace. And so he has this recorded down that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. He has you see his physical body with nail piercings in his hands. He shows you where the the spear was pierced into his side so that you know that this is him. This is not a hoax, this is the real Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Peace be with you are not empty words of Jesus. Peace be with you is a result of what Jesus proves to us this morning. This is not just the peace the world gives either where there's a, a peace time in war or, or, or where the, the fighting ceases for only a day. This is the peace of God. This is his peace. He says, peace I leave with you in John 14. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Look to where proof of peace exists. See Jesus' hands and the nail piercings that were there for you, now risen from the dead. See where the spear pierced his side. See where this body and blood are still here for us when we eat and drink it in the sacrament. Also, look at the mission that Jesus gives. Jesus gives his disciples, and he gives us the mission to take this peace to the world. He says, take this peace and tell people that their sins are forgiven if they repent. If not, tell them this peace isn't theirs. Jesus doesn't send us out with an empty message and make liars and fools out of us. It really make a liar and a fool out of him, and God doesn't lie. Jesus offers proof after proof of peace and love this morning, as he shows to us the powerful message of the gospel come true, as God had always said it would, so that your sins would be forgiven, and so that you would have peace amidst fear and doubt in this world of trial and trouble. This is what Jesus did for his disciples. And this is what Jesus did for you. So what is it that the disciples did wrong? It wasn't that they locked themselves up to protect themselves. It wasn't that at all. There's nothing wrong with being safe, But what they did was they took their eyes off of Jesus. The disciples looked for peace where peace could not exist. They looked for it outside of Jesus Christ. And when he was gone, they failed to ever find it until he came back. But nowhere else are you going to find the words peace be with you and have the same sort of strength and meaning behind them that Jesus does when he tells it to you. Nowhere are you going to find a savior with pierced hands and side, who can come to you and say, I've died and risen again. Look, I can prove it to you. Nowhere else are you going to find peace based on what is illogical for you. Except here, in the words written down that you might believe in the risen Messiah. We walk by faith in the word of God here. We don't walk by faith, or we don't walk by sight, excuse me, in what we see in the world. So brothers and sisters, let the world seek their their intellectual and their their mental evidence of God's promises and forgiveness and peace. We have real peace, and we have proof of that peace. We should take it and let them know too where they can find that peace. Peace as we too look to Jesus Christ and his risen body and his nail marks and his words and become overjoyed when we see him out of the tomb. Amen.